Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. So have you ever found yourself in the messy middle? It's a term that's been used to describe life, especially today. It's a great term to describe Habakkuk. The messy middle means you're waiting on something. It means you're in the middle of a mess. Let me just be real clear. It's in, you're in the middle of a mess. And you've, uh, you've, you can't figure him out. It's exactly where Habakkuk was. He just could not understand. But you know the most amazing thing about the book of Habakkuk? It starts with the prophet asking God a question. It ends with the prophet singing praise to God. And I want to take that trip. I want you to go on that journey. Right in the middle of your mess. Let's just praise him. And how do you do that? You remember. You remember what he's done. Remember who he is. And amazing things happen when you're waiting. Now, I don't want you to raise your hand, but I've always wondered how many gathered today, how many streaming in this moment are waiting. You're kind of in that middle. You're, you, you've asked God to do something, and you know it's going to happen, or you really pray it happens, but you're kind of waiting. If you have any close friends that are hospitalized with COVID, Depending on the level of their care, let me tell you one of the things that families learn to do, wait. And it's not easy. On a whole nother note, two football games this weekend locally had to wait for three hours before they started. TFA, our own school, they had to wait. Then they went out and won the game. Yeah, they went out and won the game. UCF? Waited three hours. And then they went out and won the game. And I just want you to know, good things happen in the wait. Because the one who scored the first touchdown is one of our own, Alec Holler. And it was a beautiful moment. This is what he told me at 1.30 in March, 2 in the morning, or whenever it was, he texted. Because I watched the whole thing from the beginning to the end. He said, David, while we were waiting, some of the players gathered up and we had a Bible study. And we studied the sovereignty of God. Because we were trying to understand, okay, God, you, we know you're in control of the weather. Why is this happening? I just think some wonderful things happen while we're waiting. And for Habakkuk, this is what he did. He remembered so in chapter 3, it starts this way. If you've got a copy of Habakkuk, you've got it on your phone or you've got it on a device or maybe in, in your hand like I have it here in a Bible, I just want to start chapter 3, verse 1. A prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, according to a really strange name. But you know what that name? It's a, it's a musical term. It's a musical term because what you're about to read is a song that he wrote to God. And so hear it that way. 
It's got imagery. It's got, it's got all kinds of stuff, poetic things. But listen to what Habakkuk says. Oh, Lord, I have heard the report of you and your work. Oh, Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it, Lord. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Teman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. His splendor covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. His brightness was like the light. Rays flashed from his hand. And there he veiled his power. Before, before him went pestilence and plague followed at his heels. He stood and measured the earth. He looked and he shook the nations. Then the eternal mountains were scattered. The everlasting hills sank low. His were the everlasting ways. It's kind of funny to me that Habakkuk, though he questioned God, he knew what God had done. He remembered first the power and the majesty of God. That his glory literally covers the universe. The universe, as Danny said, the universe praises him. Creation praises him. Remember his power. Remember his majesty. When you're in that messy middle, remember how powerful and awesome God is. And remember, he's not through. Do you see that reference to revive your work in the midst of the years? You know what that basically is Habakkuk saying? God, I know you've done it before, and I'm going to ask you to do it again. You know God has done it before. When David went to fight Goliath, his friends told him, what do you think you're doing fighting a giant? How are you going to survive him? And this is what David said. Well, my God has delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, and I think he's going to deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. It's because David had seen God in the past and knew what God can do. I'm praying today, God, revive your work in the midst of the years. We know what you've done. We know who you are. And God, would you do it again? And man, when you're in the middle, waiting, it's just good to know he's not through. No, our God is not through. Can we just praise him for that? God is still working even when we don't think he's working. He's not through. You know what else? He will defeat evil. He will defeat evil. He will win. There's no doubt when you read this book, we know who wins. And sometimes in the middle, it's just good to remember. Yes, God is going to go before us, and we're going to be okay. Do you know what really prompted the book of Habakkuk? Why he wrote this book? Because Habakkuk was upset that the Babylonians, a pagan nation, was about to overrun Israel. And Judah, the, I mean, literally, Jerusalem was about to fall to some pagans, and that was just so upsetting to him. You ever been upset that somebody got a promotion that doesn't even go to church? They didn't ask for God's help, and they got it. You ask, and you didn't. You ever kind of complain by when you read about somebody that's just like everything they touch turns to gold, and their life is a wreck, and they profane God. They never worship Him. And you show up every weekend, or you stream every weekend, and man, you pray, and you read your Bible, and it's like, why do all the good things happen to the evil people? We've all wrestled with that. They wrestled with it in the days of the Old Testament. 
You know what God told him? Hey, time's coming. Don't worry about that. I'm going to take care of that. Believe me, he will shake the nations. And I have prayed in these days of COVID, in these days of, that we've been through in such division, I've just said, God, I just pray for truth and justice. Truth and justice, because I don't know who to believe anymore, but I know when I open this, I'm believing this. And I will pray that prayer, truth and justice. God is going to reveal the truth. He's going to expose the lies. He's going to expose the false. And I promise you on that day, you will be so glad you honored him. And you know what that day means for me? That day is not a day I have to wait on. We have a day of salvation now. We are, this, is, this book Habakkuk teaches us that he has already done something for us. We already win. Look at verse 13. He says, you went out for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. You crushed the head of the house of the wicked, laying him bare from thigh to neck. In other words, God saves us. And I know exactly what that means. So if there's nothing else you can remember this morning in the middle of what's going on in your life, will you remember this? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That if you believe in him, you will not perish, but you will have everlasting life. When you think about what God did to save us, he saved his anointed. Who is that? Jesus. And through Jesus, he will crush the head of that evil. And that's a prophecy as early as Genesis chapter 3 that one day, the day's coming when Satan will be finished and we will be saved finally, completely. We will win. God's going to show us. And you know why I know that? He took a grave and he turned it into a garden. Jesus walked out of a grave, walked out of a tomb, defeated death, and he invites us to join him in that life. So would you stand and let's celebrate the power of our God. Hey, hey. come on, sing this with me. I search the world. Oh, I search the world. But it couldn't fill me Man's every page Treasures that fade Are never enough But you came along Put me back together Now every desire Is now satisfied
Just remain standing. You can't leave. Don't go anywhere. So I want to know something. If God can take a grave, turn it into a garden. If it can take mourning and turning into dancing, don't you think he can handle the mess you're in today? If he can defeat death, walk out of a grave. I mean, literally destroy the chains of death. He can handle the messy middle you find yourself in today. And all you got to do is remember, God's been good. God's blessed me. God's done wonderful things. He has been good. Let's talk about it. I want to hear the goodness of God. I want you to do this. Put it in the chat. Think of something God has done that you just want to say, well, he did this for me. Maybe you survived COVID. Maybe you got a job. Maybe you found the love of your life. Just let us know in the chat and in this room, we don't get to do this much. How about right over here? Somebody just tell me, what's God done for you lately? What's God doing that's been good for you? Let me hear it. Say it out. Did he say a car? Uh, if, hey, God gives card. God can give a car. That's it. Absolutely. Somebody else? What's God done? What was it? Healed your wife. God is still our healer. Thank you. Maybe, maybe we can pray you can heal my hearing, and then that way I can hear you. How about in the middle? Kept you alive. God bless you. Yes, he can keep us alive. Anybody else here in the middle? Saved your life three times. Amen. God is so good to protect us. How about over here? New grandson. New grandson. Yeah. That's the goodness of God. How about up on the, uh, the side balcony? Anything? God done anything for you guys? Y'all may need to move down on that side. There's a lot going on over there. Anything? What? A beautiful woman. Yes. There you go. I like it. Oh, I would take the balcony, but I know I can't hear you from up there. You know what? God's been so good to us. And so I want us to do something. Let's remember. Habakkuk said, man, revive your work in the midst of the years. And he just rehearsed the goodness of God. And so I want us to do the same because God has been good. We are going to sing the goodness of God. Let's sing it to him. God is so good, isn't he? Let's sing that together. I love you, Lord.
may be seated. So when you remember what he's done, you worship. When you remember, just like Habakkuk started out this chapter in his song, when you remember it'll bring it to verse 17. Though the fig tree should not blossom, 
nor the fruit be on the vines. The produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. And the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. No matter what, I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's, and he makes me tread on high places. So when you remember, you remember God is good, and I will praise him. Because you don't worship him because life is good. You don't worship because you're good. You worship because God is good. It's not about our circumstances. It's not about what's going on in this crazy world. We can be in the middle of the mess. And remember, God's good. So I'm going to sing in the dark. I'm going to sing in the rain. Even if I still will. Can you say it with me? Even if I still will. If I lose my job, I'm going to praise him. I get COVID, I'm going to praise him. If I go through the loss of a relationship, I'm going to praise him, no matter what happens to me. So why would you do that? Because I remember God's been good to me. And so I'm going to, I'm going to praise him, no matter what. When you live that way, when you come to that place, it changes your life. Because what worship does, it takes your eyes off of what you don't have or what you didn't get or what you lost, and it turns them back on what you have in Him. I've been in the parking lot sometimes sitting in my truck thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do about that. I'm not sure what I'm going to do about this. And then I get out and I walk in. And especially if there's worship going on and something happening, I'll walk in and all of a sudden, those problems out there that look so big, I get in here, they look so small. Why? Because now I can see He is so big. And God is bigger than anything I'm facing. No matter what, it's just a matter of getting your eyes back on Him. So no matter what, I'm just going to keep singing. Did you know that the martyrs throughout history, one of the amazing things about the martyrs, you can read the Fox's Book of Martyrs, you can follow the voice of the martyrs, they all have great work doing historical study of the martyrs, how people died because they were believers. Here's what is fascinating to me. Do you realize how many people died because they were a Christian? But when they died, they died singing. They died singing. I want to live that way. Because what this book is teaching me, Habakkuk, is, hey, I'm going to be in some places where I don't understand God. I'm going to be in places where it doesn't make sense. I'm going to be in the messy middles. But you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to praise him. Even if the olives don't come in, even if the crops fail, don't have any flocks or herds in the stalls, I'm still going to praise him. He's going to be my joy and because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And that's how I'm going to live through these days. I'm going to praise him. Did you know this is the same context when Psalm 137 was written? Now Habakkuk is prophesying. He's watching Babylon as they're about to come and take the people of Jerusalem 
in captivity. Then Psalm 137 is written, and it starts this way. By the waters of Babylon there, we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. In other words, they're there. They're now captives. And the interesting thing about Psalm 137, it says they hung up their harp. They wouldn't sing. It says their tormentors said, hey, sing us one of those songs of the Lord. And, And they answered, how do you sing the songs of the Lord in a foreign land? Can I just tell you, you don't have to leave this building to go to a foreign land. You don't even have to get out of your seat. Because some of you are at a place in life you never dreamed you'd be. You're at a season in life you never imagined. When you planned out your life, you didn't include what you're walking through right now. It only takes one phone call to land in a foreign land. It only takes one report coming back. It only takes one conversation with one of your family. And you're facing things you never, never dream. When we, our kids were little, we used to say, when you hear an ambulance, pray, because somebody's world just changed. Somebody woke up in a foreign land. Can I give testimony? I woke up in a foreign land one day. I never planned on that. So far, I'd never had to spend the night in the hospital, and I'm thinking, man, I'm doing really well. I'm going to make it all the way without ever spending the night in the hospital. And I woke up in a foreign land. But I can tell you this, I didn't stop singing. You can't stop singing. You know why? Remember, the psalmist says, if I stop singing, if I don't remember Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. You know what that means? If I don't use my hand to worship God, may I not use my hand at all. Literally, that's just the Hebrew way of saying, may I have a stroke and never be able to use my hand. And may my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. What is that like? Well, that's just not being able to talk or do anything. So basically, he's saying, if I don't use my tongue to sing praise to God, may I not use it at all. So in other words, remember. God's been good. And when you remember, you praise him. You end up where Habakkuk does. Yeah, you start with questions. I'm not sure I understand you, God. And then you get to the end and it's like, but that's okay. Because I'm going to praise you. Because I know what you did for me. I remember what you did for me. This young lady, you know, I've told you about her before. But she's such a perfect example of the book of Habakkuk. At 16 years of age, she's diagnosed with bone cancer. She's an athlete, thought she had pulled a muscle in her arm, found out it was a tumor. They removed the tumor, basically making her arm. She never moved it for the last three years of her life. And we watched this girl lose her hair twice in chemo. I remember one time sitting with her in the hospital, and she was talking about how much she loved the songs we sing. And I said, well, I know you're in the hospital, and you probably watch on TV, don't you? Yeah. Well, when you get out of the hospital, will you come and sit on the front row with me? Will you come and help? In fact, Rachel said, I want you to help me with the children's class and VBS and all that, and she did. Let me tell you what. We watched that girl live the last three years of her life. I've always said it's too bad dying is the last thing we do because it teaches us so much about living. It teaches us what matters. On her last day, basically the tumors had filled her lungs. It had metastasized. It was all over her body. She she can't breathe. She's drowning literally. 
My last visit with her, they told me, don't let her talk because she can't talk. She tried over and over, and I just told her, don't talk. On her last day on this earth, her mother, who was sleeping right beside her, woke up to some strange noise, and she got up, and she looked at her. He said, what's going on? And then she listened. And Ashley, with that oxygen mask, was singing praise songs that we sang at church. And all day long, let me show you a picture of her. Her name is Ashley Brumfield. In fact, not long ago, I met a lady here in this service, and she walked down and she said, I know you wouldn't know me, but I was one of the nurses that took care of her in Louisiana when you were her pastor. And I watched her the same way you did. So all day long, she sang, literally sang. And just one song after another. By 11 o'clock, she quit singing, and everybody in the room stopped and looked at her because didn't know what was going on. And she sat up in bed. And the arm that they had made immobile for the last three years, she took that arm, and she had never moved it in those years, and she, she did this. Look, Mom, I'm free. I'm free. And then she looked. It's as if she was looking past that room, and she said, Oh, my goodness, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. She laid her head back on the pillow, started another song, and sang her way all the way home. So let me just ask you, how do you sing when you're dying? How do you sing when life has confined you to a hospital bed and you have no breath? Her breath, as I, as I would talk to her, this is how she was breathing. She couldn't breathe. How do you sing? You sing because you remember God has been good to me, and God has blessed me. And today, I will sing the greatness of my God. Why? Because I remember, great are you, Lord. Will you stand with me? Let's remember, don't stop singing. Let's let him know, no matter what, we will praise the Lord. It's your
Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.